alert. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a God that heals. He's, he's uh, uh, last week we looked at Jehovah Shalom, which means that he's our peace. That word peace means to be whole and to be complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. His name is Jehovah Shalom. Amen. We talked about how uh, peace is on duty. Amen. When you go to a gated community and there's different security guards there, their whole assignment for that period of time that they're there to watch that gated community is to make sure that peace is not disturbed. Amen. And I believe our Heavenly Father is the same way. He's like a security guard. Amen. Because he said in Philippians 4 and 7, he said, I'll give you peace that surpasseth all understanding. But today we're going to look at Jehovah uh, Sikhanu, amen, from uh, the scripture where it says, the Lord our righteousness. And today I want to talk to you about the benefits of righteousness, amen. And so, of course, we know when it talks about that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, it's talking about that there would be someone that would come from the lineage of David, which of course we know that is, that's Jesus, amen because we find our righteousness in him, because we know the book of Isaiah says our righteousness is as a filthy rag. Amen. Matter of fact, let, let's look at that real quick. Look at that. I believe it's in Isaiah uh, uh, 64. Go, let's go there real quick. Let's try to find that. I want y'all to peep that out. Isaiah, go to, uh, I believe it's 64. Amen. Look at this real quick. Isaiah uh, 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 64. Uh-huh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Hey, Amen. I want to drop that on, y'all. Let's try. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's see here. Let Isaiah 64, look at verse 6. It says, but we are all like an unclean thing. Somebody say, Jesus. Ain't that a trip? You didn't took a shower and a bath before you got here, I hope. But <laughs> we know this is not talking about the outer appearance, of course. But it's talking about the, the inner man in us. Unclean, but we are all like an unclean thing. You say, well, pastor, I've made some progress. Me too, but we still unclean. How is that? Your thought life. Pastor, I have good thoughts. Me too. And I have bad thoughts too. And those of you that have gotten to a place that you don't have bad thoughts, we need you to be like Enoch. If anybody in this church know anything about Enoch, he was so perfect, God just snatched him up. And I know all of you ain't got no Enoch characteristics. Because if so, God would have took you when he took him. <laughs> so it says unclean we are all like an unclean thing and all our righteousness are like filthy rags isn't that a trip my God are like filthy rags you don't even want to know what that means in the Hebrew where that takes you I'm not trying to gross nobody out this morning amen but if you get an opportunity to do some homework and really search that out, it will mess you up where that filthy rag will take you. But it says, but we are all like an unclean thing. That's why we need Jesus. Well, you say, Pastor, that's Old Testament. Well, let's go New Testament. Go to Romans chapter 7, verse
verse 18. I ain't even give this kind of teaching at the 8 o'clock, but we're going to shift in just a minute. But let me just lay a foundation. For I, I know that in me, somebody say in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For it is the will uh, is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. How many of you know if you didn't have the Holy Spirit, you would be a hot mess? Some of us with the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm preaching now. And people have asked me, does, does, does God take the Holy Spirit from you? No, but what happens is we don't allow it to aid us and assist us and then lay there dormant. Because I grew up in church where they say, if you, don't, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. That ain't even biblical. You ever heard that saying? If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Put up Romans 11, 29. Put this up in the King James Version. Let me, let me, let me help somebody with just some foundational scriptures real quick. Amen. Somebody that maybe came from that traditional church where they always beat you up instead of build you up. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. In other words, God can't repent. He can't, his perception, the word repent means to have a changed heart, a changed mind. It means your perception has shifted. But in other words, if God already put that call on you or that gift, God himself couldn't even change his mind. Else he'll be coming against his word. That's why he said it's without repentance. So if I make a mistake, I don't have to go to God and say, God, don't take the gift of preaching from me. I'm still going to be able to preach next Sunday. That's like our worship leader, uh, Stanley. Phenomenal. Don't he be taking us there? God be using him. God's anointing is on that young man. Amen. So just imagine if God took his gift. We all screwed. I know that ain't good English at church, but I bet you it hit right home. I bet you everybody understood that. I bet you can articulate that. But my point is God is not, if God was snatching gifts, especially with praise teams. Oh, y'all missed that. That just went. I'm going to say that one more time. Especially with praise teams. Y'all know why I've been through so many worship leaders? All right, God, now, now, let me move on. Let me. I just think of Elvis. Think of Jimi Hendrix. Think of um, Prince. Uh, Michael, well, Michael, he wasn't really into the women, like, you know. He was marrying folks and wasn't having sex with them. And I'm like, what's the point? Oh, y'all ain't ready for me this morning. <laughs> Let me give y'all a righteous message this morning. <laughs> what were we talking about? The benefits <laughs> of righteousness, of his righteousness. But no, our righteousness as, as a filthy rag. There no good thing dwells in our temple amen except the holy spirit nothing good there was in our flesh gifts and callings 
thank God, of without repentance. That I believe the reason why God says they're without repentance is because he knows the end from the beginning, and he knew one day we would come running to him. You think he was surprised that you came? Because you got to remember this. You didn't even choose yourself. He chose you. He appointed you. He anointed you. He approved you. He always knew you were going to be his offspring. It's just, I mean, come on, case in point, I shared this about two or three months ago. This building was built in 1987. I was a freshman in high school. Unclean. Not trying to even, God wasn't even on my radar. Anybody going to be honest today and say that there was a season's in your life where he wasn't even on your you, he wasn't even nowhere in your vicinity you didn't even wake up and say thank you <laughs> you understand you felt a level of entitlement that that was just supposed to happen but he had already had me in mind that when this was being built in 1987 and I was in freshman in high school banging everybody look at your neighbor and say he keeping it 100 he was having a building built for me so I can pastor you that's why when I say God specializes in using messy people you don't have to look far at all you don't even have to look at your neighbor because you know what God brought you out of and he said in the book of Peter I brought you out of darkness into my marvelous light anybody in the building today don't take uh, 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 you're going to be able to say you know what I, I can relate to that pastor still I, I can agree with that because I know God brought me out of my dark place because I ain't always been right I haven't God hasn't always been on my radar but I'm here today because I know it's the mercy of God somebody in this building needs to give God a praise for his mercies that are new every morning somebody give God a shout in this place in spite of you he still used you my god I tell you when I begin to think of stuff like that I shake my head matter of fact I'm doing a series in September called SMH shaking my head for real I'm going to show you some things in the Bible that's going to have you like SMH and we're going to do something called uh for your information, FYI, we're going to hit some books like the book of Philemon. Some books y'all ain't probably even touched. Some of y'all already saying, where's Philemon? <laughs> y'all thought that was a city, huh? a state. <laughs> but we'll get into that in September. And I'm going to do one called OMG, Oh My God. Some oh my God moments in the Bible. But let's get into this today. We're talking about the benefits of uh, righteousness. Number one, one of the benefits because remember, and we'll get to this later, but 2 Timothy 5 and 21, he says he knew not sin, but he became sin for us that we might be the what? Righteousness of God. So in other words, he bore the penalty we deserved. He took the sins of the world, amen, and put it on his shoulders. And we'll get into that scripture a little bit more in depth. But look at this. Number one, one of the benefits of uh, uh, being righteousness, to being the righteousness of God, is you can't be forsaken. 
If God wanted to leave you, he couldn't. Pastor, you got to show me that in the word. You know I am. Go to Psalm 37 and 5. I'm sorry, 37 and 25. Psalm 30. uh, Matter of fact, go to Psalm 37 and 17 real quick. Psalm 37 and 17. Look at this. Psalm uh, 37 and, and, and 17. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord, somebody say, but the Lord. He upholds the righteous. You're still standing because he upholds you. He upholds you. You didn't have that nervous breakdown because he upholds you. Remember when you was a basket case and you almost crashed and burned, but he was right there. Why? Because the Bible says he will uphold you. Remember when you experienced that disappointment and that letdown, and there he was upholding you. Wouldn't even let you totally go crazy. Because a lot of us here did go crazy. We just didn't go totally crazy. Why? Because he was upholding you. So he says, I uphold the righteous, which means he can't forsake you. Now go to verse 25. Look at verse 25. A lot of us know this scripture. I've been young. And now I'm old. In other words, David was saying, listen, I've been around for a while. I'm I'm not the new kid on the block. I've lived a little while. I've experienced some things. I've put some time in. So he was saying, I have a right to say, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet I've not seen the righteous. Somebody say righteous. Forsaken. Nor his descendant begging bread. I've not seen the righteous. Righteous. Righteous means innocent, just. Charges have been dropped. Can I get a witness? Remember, he bore all our sins. Even though he didn't know sin, he became sin for us. So all your fornication charges have been dropped. All your lust charges have been dropped. All your alcoholic drunkenness and all that. That's why you don't have to live in your past. Paul said, I'm forgetting those what? Things that are what? Behind me. Amen. Because that's not who I am. I am not my history anymore. Matter of fact, that's why it's history. A lot of people can't go into their destiny because they're still stuck in their history. Something God already didn't forgave them and forgot about. No, Pastor, God still remember. I'm going to show you in his word where he don't. If God remembered all our sin, that would probably drive him crazy. Just my sins alone. Can I get a witness up in here? My weed sins. Come on. My women's sins. My lion's sins. I can keep going. I got about seven more. <laughs> Listen to this. Okay. Go, go, so go back to Psalm 37 and 25. He said, I've been young and, 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 and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That word forsaken means that he can't abandon you. That is one of the benefits of being the righteousness of God is that he can't forsake you. He can't abandon you. I love all five of my kids and they all have disappointed me and let me down in one way or another. But my point is that I never forsake them. So if I'm a human and I've come to the conclusion that I'm not going to divorce my children, which there shouldn't be a such thing. I even tell men in this church, listen, if you divorce your wife, we're not condoning divorce because at the end of the day, we know Malachi 2 and 16, he hates divorce. He doesn't hate us. But he hates how we allow the enemy to come in and divide and separate. 
But okay, you're going to get divorced, but don't divorce the kids. We understand you're not in covenant with this woman. You know, things sometimes go south. 53% of our nation is divorced. Why? Because when you get married, those you are two different people. And sometimes you can't come to a compromise. And for so many different reasons, people decide, you know what, I'm done. A lot of it has to do with it because there's a relief in quitting. Oh, somebody said, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> you got tired of fighting. You got tired of waiting for him to come home at 2.30 in the morning and tell you he was with the boy. Oh, with my boys. That's the one I used to use, remember? I was with my dude. All night long. All night. <laughs> who was that? Richie who? Lionel Richie. Look at that. He's like, Minister. Lionel Richie. Let's get to this text. The benefits. <laughs> We're going to shift from Richie. Come on, somebody. I've seen the, I've not seen the righteous forsaken. You know, some of us grew up in church where they, boy, if you do wrong again, you just never know. God might leave you. What God is going to leave his child high and dry? I don't care if Mariah looks all cute on Kingdom News and she's doing her thing, but there's nothing that she can do that's going to cause me to forsake her. If she moved in with a man, I would lose my mind. I'd probably kill him and her, but I ain't going to leave him. I know that sounds like an oxymoron. I got in the flesh. I see, I told y'all we unclean. Let me rephrase it. Let me rewind. If she moved in, <laughs> she just said it too. She never would because she know how to kill her. But let me say the politically correct thing. I would not kill her and him. I would be disappointed though. It would be a major letdown because I've worked hard. I took her to get her nails done. I took her to get pedicure and manicures. I took her as a little girl to get her, her, her clothes for school. I took her to the ice cream shop until they closed it down. And then we had to swerve the Baskin Robbins, remember? I did all this with my daughters and still do. And she ought to be 23 in September and we still hang. We have a drink together. When she turned 21, I said, you ain't having a drink with Pookie and Ray Ray and them. We going to Vegas. We gonna get a glass of Ziffindel. You can look at me crazy if you want to. I didn't say we got drunk, but we sure had a drink. Look at your neighbor say he preaching now. He preaching. Jesus turned water into wine. Because guess what? If I don't spend time with her, here come Pookie now. So now the expectations are. Pookie ain't got a chance. Ray Ray don't have a chance. Junebug don't have a chance. Because she's like, mm, I didn't see that in my daddy. My daddy never left a bill on the table. What you say? That's why I'm single now. The standard is high. But let, let me swerve back to my point, though. 
there's nothing that she can do that will cause me to forsake her. I will be disappointed. I've had to yell at Mariah a whole lot of times, but I've had to get in her, go off on her. Anybody had to do that before? Because she had an issue with owning stuff. And I would tell her, if you don't own it, it's going to own you. We all saw you drop the box. Well, that's Ira, huh? I didn't drop nothing. We just all witnessed it. <laughs> you know you got that one. Lord Jesus. Let me get to my point, though, because I got it. This ain't 1130 service. I'm not forsaking her. I'm not forsaking Stella. I'm not forsaking Isaiah. I'm not forsaking Isaac. I'm not forsaking Ira. Guess what? I'm not forsaking none of you. You are my spiritual children. If you make a mistake and have a human moment, I'm not going to throw you away. There are people sitting in this audience right now that have made mistakes and I've, in this church right now that I've had to meet with and I loved them through it. I held their hand through it because Philippians 1 6 says a work that God has begun he will continue it he will complete it because we're all a work in progress and the minutes you don't think you need any more work you didn't got prideful you didn't let ego creep into the picture ego meaning you have edged God out and God can't do nothing in you and through you and for you because you got an ego Romans 12, 3 says to not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Where's your humility? The minute you got to go around tell people you humble, that means you ain't humble. You ever met somebody? I'm humble. You ain't humble. You're trying to convince yourself in me. You humble. Nobody has to. That's like me coming up here talking about I'm humble, y'all. Y'all better be like pastor having some issues. Every Sunday he coming up here telling us he humble. <laughs> he must be smelling himself. You ever know folks like that? Careful, but back to my point. God said, I'll never leave you. Hebrews 13, 5, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Amen? Hallelujah. So number one is the benefits of his righteousness is that he can't forsake you. And then, um, um, Look at Proverbs 24, 16 because of time. Look at this. 24, 16. For a righteous man. Somebody say a righteous man. He may fall seven times. This ain't said nothing about no wicked man. This is a righteous man. This is a person that's been chasing after God. That he's not perfect, but he's trying to give a perfect effort. But he has a human moment. It says a righteous man fall seven times. He rises again. I preach and teach here. The travesty is not when you fall. The travesty is when you don't rise back up. Amen. So if he says, uh, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If he tells us I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous, the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread, which lets me know. That even God plays preferential treatment when it comes to his children. Amen? Because he says, I'll never forsake you. Then it says, a righteous man, an innocent man, a just man. He falls seven times, but he rises again. My point is this, people of God. Because we are his righteousness in the earth, that when we blow it, he doesn't write us off. 
If God had the right folk off, we all in trouble. Wouldn't be no church. That's why I thank God for this deacon in my life. Years ago, when I was in my early 20s, he would always, I would say, man, I'm not ready to go to church. Because, you know, back then they tell you, well, if you ain't ready, don't come. We don't want you bringing your mess up in here. So I didn't go. They raised the bar so high. I'm like, and I'm so high. (laughs) I'm like, if I go in there, everybody might catch fire. We don't want you bringing them spirits in here. Remember them days? Listen, we want you to bring them spirits with you. Why? Because we have authority over them. So we're not scared what you bring in here. We want you to bring it. Because if you hang out long enough, it might be during a worship song, you might get your breakthrough and say, I'm done with this weed. It might be during worship. You say, you know what? I'm done with all this other mess that I've been doing. I'm ready to transition. I'm ready to be done with Pookie now. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to get delivered from some stuff. So we need you to come to the spiritual gym so you can get spiritually fit so you can be who God has called you to be. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Look at your name and say, he couldn't leave you if he wanted to. He couldn't leave you if he wanted to. It was even during um, 8 o'clock service, I made the comment about my son was here during the 8 o'clock. He's upstairs now. But I talked about how I said if he he fornicated with 100 women, God forbid, I can't forsake him. If he committed murder, and there was blood at the scene, and, uh, and, uh, and, and his, his DNA was there, he's still my son. And, and, and if the blood was there, I was saying to the church at 8 o'clock, I said, I'd be like, you know what, he's guilty, but he's still my son, where the mom would be like, somebody planted that. Because <laughs> you know you mamas can't, you don't see no bad in your child. He could throw gum across the room in children's ministry. You'll be like, my child didn't do that. And all it takes for him or her to smile, I didn't do that, mama. And they snag a tooth and everything. Just look at as cute as mama, it wasn't me. I know, boo. <laughs> I'm trying to validate my point. If they threw the gum or not, you might spank them, but you ain't forsaken them. You might go upside their head, but you ain't forsaken them. You might put them on punishment, but you're not going to forsake them. Can I get a witness up in here? Amen? So let's get into this a little bit more. So number one, as we're talking about Jehovah Sikhanu, as we're talking about the Lord our righteousness, one of the benefits of righteousness is that you can't be forsaken. And the next thing is this. Believe wealth is coming into your life. So pastor, because I'm the righteousness of God, in the earth, that wealth is uh, coming into my life, you better believe it. Go to uh, Proverbs 13, 22 real quick. Proverbs 13 and 22. Look at this. A good man, he leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth, somebody say wealth. See, sometimes in church we get scared when we see things like that. Because some of us grew up where I grew up in a church where they would tell you, God wants you to have holy hands and empty pockets. But how many know the devil is a lie? You can't do nothing broke. 
Money gives you options. Can I get a witness up in here? I want to be able to leave here today and be like, okay, I might go to Red Lobster or Olive Garden. I might even just go to Papa Do's. Come on, some. Amen? Wealth gives you those options. Somebody say options. I've never met a man or woman that didn't want options. Because really, in actuality, you realize there's only three lands you can live in. You can live in the land of not enough. Be honest if you lived in that land. All right. About 75% of us. But we kept serving God. We kept chasing after God. If we had to rob Peter and pay Paul, amen, we still made God a priority when we were in the land of not enough. Then God said, you ain't ready for the land of just enough. How many of y'all been in that land? You paid your tithes and gave your offering and paid your bills, had a little something left over. You were like, praise him. In the sanctuary. Oh, you feel the glory. The land. Amen. Woman of God said, praise him. Amen. That's called the land of just enough. But how do you know God wants to take you to a land called more than enough? Where your cup is running over. Where he opens up the windows of heaven and, and pours you out a blessing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David said, sin now. Prosperity. That's in Psalm 118, verse 25. That's why I never understood folk that's okay with being broke. The devil is a lie. Even when I was broke, this, I was like, this ain't okay. Because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in covenant with a God that owns everything. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And then God had to begin to reveal to me, I need you to pass this test so I can take you to the land of just enough. Then I'm going to take you to the land of more than enough. But I need you to celebrate me in the land of not enough. I need you to celebrate me in the land of just enough. And if you do that in those two uh, uh, seasons of your life, I know when I take you into your third season, I know you will say if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side, I would have never entered into this land that's flowing with milk and honey. Somebody give God a praise. Look at somebody say more than enough is coming. And see if you said that, you saying that by faith. If you didn't say that, that's because you ain't got faith. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Anybody in this building believe you the righteousness of God? And I'm going to show you in God's word. We'll get there. But the store, that's why the people say, Pastor, I just believe Jesus coming back. I said, he ain't coming back because the scripture ain't came to pass. God ain't going to negate all that. I got to build this gym out here on this property. And I want to put our children's ministry out there so I can put my employees upstairs. So I got employees stacked on top of each other right now. Because in order to have success, you got to have a good staff. But I'm believing God in due season that some sinner going to walk in here. I need that sinner's money. So I can put that gym out there. I want them to run here. I just don't know why I'm doing this. And I just, I'm, I'm like, I know why you're doing it. Because I'm the righteousness of God in the earth. Release my money. Somebody say, release my money. Y'all catching this. I, 
I felt a little intimidated. Uh oh. Y'all might believe what I'm saying. Or what God is saying through me. The wealth of the sinner is stored up. See, a lot of times that's the problem. It's stored up. My mind be turning. I'm like, how can I get these wicked people money? Can I get a witness of it? How can I get them to pay this church off? How can I get them to pay my house off first and pay off y'all house? Boy, she, Darla, catch she. Y'all just sitting. She like, I'm receiving that pastor. <laughs> the wealth of the sinner. Matter of fact, we have a, a, a person that goes to our church and he does very well financially. And he does something that some people, they brought to my attention, they questioned it, you know, because, you know, it's at a club and, you know, he, you know, presents tables to people with bottles of wine. How I many know ain't nothing wrong with having a drink as long as you ain't drunk? And that's how he make his money. Now, five, six years ago, I would have been like, man, God, you got to shut that down. But I've grown up a little bit as a pastor. And I'm like, if you ain't heard nobody, go get your paper. Did y'all hear what I said? If you ain't heard nobody, go get your Benjamins. Because of the wealth of the sinner. Now, if he had a strip club joint, he was like, pastor, that's just how I get down. We're like, man, God, you can't do that. I'm about to hit him with that Galatians 4 and 16. Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Because I don't want to make somebody, you know, because the Bible says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And what will a man exchange for his soul? So there has, we have to be able to draw some lines. You understand what I'm saying? You know, but let's not be so spiritual. We ain't no earthly good. Because ain't nothing spiritual going on at Honeywell. Ain't nothing spiritual going on at UPS. I'm talking about the places y'all work at. You have, to, you have to shift back into the corner to go get your money. You ain't going up in there talking about Shaka Khan. Shudabaranda. No, you're going up in there to do your job. And if you get crazy, they'll, send, they'll, they'll write you up. We write people up here at the church too, though. Can I get a witness? But that's, that's a whole other topic. Because we need you to get some stuff done around here. We ain't sitting around here drinking black coffee and quoting scriptures over each other. I need you to call these first-time visitors. I need you to go make that hospital visit. We need those cards for women-only ministry so we can pass them out to all the women. Oh, yeah. There's a business side to even ministry. Amen? Y'all probably see, some people say, I want to work for Pastor Still. You might not want to. When I show up here on Tuesdays, I ain't coming in on Monday because I'm trying to catch my breath from these three services. But when I show up in here on Tuesday, I ain't even no pastor. I'm the CEO of Kingdom in the Valley. Is the stuff getting done? And you got a payroll of over $47,000 every two weeks? I got folks that we, we have a human resources you have to, you can't say the Lord spoke to me, I need time off. No, in the employee handbook, it tells you how much time you can take off during the year. And there's a process that you have to. <laughs> the Lord says. I'll be like, well, he didn't talk to me. Last time I checked, I was your pastor and your boss. 
Amen. Let's get into this though. Where are we at? Oh, believe wealth is coming into your life. Go to Matthew. Now go to Psalm 37 and 17. Psalm 37 and 17. Psalm 37 and 17. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, or, or shall be broken, for the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Next verse. Then it says, the Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Next verse. Look at that. Your inheritance shall be forever. Then it says, this is where I want to go. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the evil days of famine they shall be satisfied. Which lets me know he wants to bring financial security to your life, that even in the midst of your famine, in the midst of a recession, he said, I will still satisfy you. Go to one more scripture before we move on to our next point. Go to Matthew 6, 33. Matthew chapter 6. Uh, actually, go to Matthew 6 and 30. Matthew chapter 6. We'll, we'll, we'll stumble up on 33 in a minute. But Matthew chapter 6. It says, now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he's telling us right there, listen, if I'm clothed in the grass of the field, why would not clothe you? Next verse. Then it says, therefore, do not worry or don't be anxious. Don't let anxiety get the best of you. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles, they seek. For your heavenly father knows, somebody say your heavenly father knows. That you need all these things. Your heavenly father already knows you need to eat. He knows that you need to quench your thirst. He knows that you need a wardrobe. He knows that you need a home and a vacation home. Somebody say, I receive it. He knows you need some cars. Amen? But this is what he told you you need to do. This is the prerequisite. This is the condition. 33. Because your father knows you need. He said, but seek first. Somebody say first. He doesn't have a problem with you seeking a career. But he says, seek me first. He doesn't have a problem with you seeking an, a, 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 a business. But he says, seek me first. He doesn't have a problem uh, with you stepping out and starting that business because Deuteronomy 8 and 18, he says, I will give you power to get wealth. Amen? There's another wealth scripture. Read that when you get a chance. Uh, Deuteronomy 8 and 18. He says, I will give you power to gain wealth. But, then, but, but look at this. So he said, but, but I need you to keep me first. Men, it's okay to seek a wife because he says, uh, 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 Proverbs 18, 22, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. But he said, but I need you to seek me first. I, I know you want a wife, but if you put me first, I might just have you stumble up on her at a gas station. Come on, he works in unusual ways sometimes. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. So he says, if you eat, that word seek means to eagerly pursue. So eagerly pursue his kingdom, which is his rule and his reign. Then it says, and his righteousness. Because we're his righteousness in the earth, but we're still seeking righteousness. Because we want to be even more innocent. We want to be even more just. Just because I'm a father doesn't mean I'm a good father. You got to work at being a good father. 
just because I'm his righteousness and I'm in right standing with him doesn't mean I'm always right. But I'm striving to be right. I want to be blameless. I want to be faultless. I don't want anybody to ever be able to say anything about me that I've done to them wrong. You understand what I'm saying? I believe we can get to a place like that where the people, now people from your BC before Christ, come on, there's a few folk that can say something. Can I get a witness? I got a few out there that can say something. I didn't saw something, I'm sorry. I was 17. <laughs> I didn't know better. Come on, anybody been there before? But then as you evolve and you grow, you have a desire, you have an appetite to be righteous. You want that righteousness to stand up on the inside of you so you can effectively serve God. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then it says, all. somebody say all. What is all? Food, thirst, you, 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 he'll quench your thirst, he'll make sure you have clothes on your back. He said, all these things. Pastor, you mean God want me to have things? You better believe it. Anybody in this building like things? Amen. But God wants you to have things as long as you don't let things have you. He wants you to have a thing or two. You need things in this world. You need food. You need water. You need clothes. You need a roof over your head. You need cars. You need a job. Can I get a witness up in here? Second Thessalonians 3 and 10 says if you don't work, you don't eat. So, number two is that one of the benefits of his righteousness and us being righteous now is that I believe wealth is coming into our life. Keep seeking him first, people of God. Number three, if you stay hungry and thirsty, you will be filled. That's in Matthew 5 and 6. Let's look at that real quick. It says, those that thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be Filled. One of the benefits of me and you being the righteousness of God in the earth is that the Bible says that we shall be what? Filled. That's why people of God, don't you lose your hunger. People of God, don't you lose your thirst for God. Do you realize that's why people backslide? That's why there was times in my early 20s I would fall away from God. It's because I wasn't hungering and thirsting after the things of God. But then once I begin to get a hold of this text, I begin to realize, you know what? If I maintain my hunger, if I maintain my thirst for God, he said that he will what? Feel me. That word feel means that I will be satisfied because how many know can't nobody do you like Jesus? I know that's not good English, but I would love when they would say, can't nobody do me like Jesus. So number three is that because of his, because we are his righteousness in the earth, one of the benefits is that he said, you shall be filled. What filled with what? See, when you have a hunger and a thirst for the things of God, you will be filled with the peace that you need to get through to your tomorrow. You will be filled with the joy that you need to get through your tomorrow. He will fill you with the power that you need to get through your tomorrow. I could care less about a man next week, next month. I'm just trying to make it into today. Amen. I'm trying to have peace today. I'm trying to have joy today. I'm trying to walk in the power of God today. I'm trying to have a sound mind today. Somebody say today. So if you hunger and thirst, he said, you will be filled. Let me give you the last thing because of time. I've already gone a little long. So 
the benefits of, his, of us being his righteousness in the earth. He can't forsake you. Believe wealth is coming in your life. If you stay hungry and thirsty, you will be filled. The last thing is this. You have to be convinced that you are his righteousness. Put up 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 and we're done. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we, somebody say we, might become the righteousness of God in him. Which lets me know he bore the penalty that we deserved. He bore the penalty that we and you deserve. So remember this. When you leave here today, you got to be convinced that you are his righteousness in the earth. Did I say you do everything right? Nope. But you don't lose your righteousness. It's very hard. Somebody on Periscope Facebook Live asked me, can you lose your salvation? I said, you can, but it's very hard. Because God is not going back and trying to take his righteousness from you. And you say, well, how can you when you become an enemy of the cross? When you negate the fact that one time in your life you said, you know what, I believe that uh, he did, and, but then you all of a sudden have a change of opinion. Well, I don't believe in all that. I believe there's many other paths to God and so on and so forth. And you just missed it. Matter of fact, you have just become the Antichrist. Pastor, where is that in the Bible? Put up 1 John 2.22. You know, I got a scripture for everything. I ain't even go here last service. But look at it. Who is a liar? But he who that denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Next verse. Then it says, whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. Either he who, 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 he who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So now if you deny what Jesus did at one time, I just question if you were even saved initially. Straight up. So, really, in actuality, you can't lose your righteousness. I've had people preach, you can lose your righteousness because you ain't right. Well, then we all just got to line up then. But our unclean thoughts, can I get a witness? I got to give you this one more scripture, and I'm done, for real. This is my third close. Hebrews 8, 12. Hebrews 8.12. Hebrews 8.12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. You're righteous, but sometimes we do unrighteous things. Unrighteous thoughts. But he says, I will be merciful. Merciful meaning I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. To their unrighteous and their sins and their lawless. You know, lawless means you have no boundaries. You don't even draw a line. You know, some of us, you know, I always say this. If you can't be disciplined, at least try to be discreet. Come on, somebody. Come on. I know somebody. Come on. You got divorced in February and you're engaged in August and you got it all over social media. We already know you ain't disciplined, but can you be discreet? Can you do it on the down low? <laughs> Come on, it makes sense. A lot of y'all laugh because y'all know who I'm talking about, man. But 
Love the brother. But my God in heaven, you already got a family grieving. Come on, let's not be quick to make a move and then plaster it everywhere. Come on, man. All you're doing is knocking the wind out of what you created. You got kids that are fragile. Be discreet. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I remember no more. God does not remember your sins no more. That's why when we do communion, I say, Lord, we thank you that our past, present, and future sins have been forgiven. But let me drop this on you real quick. That does not give us a pass to go out here and act a fool. Because Romans chapter 6, verse 1 said, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How long is she going to just be your boo? Uh-oh, I got a few folk up in here. Pastor hit me, boy. You've been his boo for seven years. Y'all should have known by two, three what, what, what y'all was going to do. Go ahead and get the benefit of being married. Pastor, what's the benefit? What's the difference? Put up Proverbs 18, 22. I, I, I thought I was, was going to leave y'all alone. Me. Let's, let's end it with this. He who finds a wife. Let, let me put my women on blast for a minute. Don't you go looking for him. He going to come and find you. You just make sure, like my wife said, you better be looking cute. That's my woman impersonation. Not do all right, baby. I didn't even look right, huh? <laughs> How many of y'all know laughter is medicine to the soul? He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor, blessing from the Lord. So people of God, remember the benefits that we have to be in God's righteousness. Ultimately, he has phenomenal plans for you. Read that in Jeremiah 29, 11 when you get a minute. But let's pray because of time. Father, we thank you for the word today. Lord, seal it in our hearts. Seal it in our minds. Maybe there's somebody in this 930 service. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. If that's you, if you're in this building, and you're not a believer, you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. Is that you today? Is there anybody here today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Would you say, Pastor, you know what? 